doubleheader in cause for these Marlins. How do they play the pitching matchups? No starters have been announced yet. Really intrigued to see how the Marlins go. We're going to get into all of that and more on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins Wednesday edition. I am your host, of course, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, of course, on Twitter. No TikToks, no Instagrams. No, no, no. Twitter only at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And I'm delighted to welcome on Alex Rabase, stud reporter. He is breaking news left, right and center. Daniel Alvarez is joining the show. How are we doing, Danny? I'm doing good, Pete. Thank you so much for, for having me. Now and this time on video, so pretty cool. Absolutely. What do you think of the production quality? Uh, awesome. It's awesome, especially because <laughs> of the Sugar Kings jersey that we have behind you. So uh, that's, you know, elite setup, as, as you would say. No doubt about it. Love to see it. Appreciate you hopping on today, Danny. This is this is an interesting moment for the Marlins. A doubleheader in cause. Um, I'm not sure I can think of Really, anything worse for a pitching staff, a doubleheader in course. Um, nevertheless, the Marlins, they, they've not got any starters announced for today's games. The, the Rockies are out there, bold. Uh, I think Marquez is going game two, Sensatella game one. Two Venezuelans um, against the Marlins. Too. Two Venezuelans, too. So there we go. Um, what's, uh, how do you think? Well, before we get into how the Marlins play it, the doubleheaders as well this year in 22 is the first time we've had them. They're back to nine innings. So the seven inning doubleheaders are gone. How does that change the approach for, for clubs now with two, two nine inning games in course? It's a real tough well, ask. No, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, as you mentioned, it's tough for, for the pitching staff and especially, you know, it was good to, to have a day off yesterday, uh, kind of a day off, you know, because of the, because of the rain to get rain out last night. So the bullpen, it's going to be a little bit more fresh for today's game uh, or for today's doubleheader. Uh, and they're certainly going to need them. And they're going to need both starters, probably Edward Cabrera and Trevor Rogers might be the, the starters for today, especially since Edward was announced for yesterday and Trevor was supposed to start today. Um, th- those two might be might be the ones. And now the Marlins have to call up someone else to, to join the bullpen. Remember that they need... Uh, 27 players instead of 26 for double headers, so uh, I would expect to see someone coming coming up from may, may, I don't, from AAA or maybe someone that has been already on the on the taxi squad. Yeah, I guess the other corresponding move that we maybe need to think about it's unclear. Obviously, Joey Wendell just called time on his day specifically on on Monday, just walked straight off the field, reaggravated the hamstring. Not good for him. Question is, is where's Wendell? Do we also need to replace Wendell too with a, you know, is, is he may need an IL stint. Um, so a lot of decisions here going on. Clearly the, the, the fish are going to need a lot of pitching for these two games. Eddie Cabrera expected to come up. Uh, Trevor Rogers also likely to go. I'm intrigued to see if they do go with uh, Trevor Rogers or they may be pushing back. I don't know. Uh, gut feel is they go with those two to kind of face off against the Rockies. Uh, they're, they're two starters as well, but Edward Cabrera coming up, going to make his debut, major league debut anyway, in 22. Um, a tough ass for Eddie, uh, first start in course, not ideal, but 
if the Marlins can get five innings out of Eddie, I think they'll be pretty pleased today. What about you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You you always find as many quality innings as you as you can from as you possibly can from from a starter, right? And and with Everett Cabrera, we saw him last year. Uh, he struggled a bit in in his time in, in the big leagues, but we know that he has the stuff to to become a successful pitcher, and one day maybe be a one or two in, in on on every single rotation, you know, every rotation that that you can possibly imagine. Uh, what what really intrigues me about this matchup today for Eddie. Uh, is you know pitching in at Coors Field might be difficult for pitchers that are not used to pitch there. Uh, and we mm-hmm. saw the rocky starter in Game One, how he dominated the Marlins' offense, which is something that doesn't look um, hard to do in these days. You know, sadly, the offense hasn't been that good. Uh, but still, uh, he did a pretty nice job. Uh, Antonio Sensatella has been pitching well. Kyle Freeland can be can, can pitch for a good games. Uh, today we have Herman Marquez, who is a, a pitcher that we've seen him pitch really good at course and really bad at course. But the mm. the, the tough thing about it is how do you um, grip you know the, the grip that you have with with the ball. And yeah. for Cabrera, he needs to have that good grip, especially to separate that you know the movement of his changeup and his fastball because both pitchers are so fast. Um, but especially with the changeup, the movement is not um, as good as he would like to, as he would like it to be. So he needs to get that ball to sink a little bit more, um, and that's and that has to do with the grip uh, because it's the same angle, uh, you know, that in the same release point with the fastball. The thing is that he needs to get that ball to move a little bit down, yeah. uh, a little bit more down, so so he, he can have that breaking movement. And be and be more effective, and if he's able to to do that to control that, then he's going to be successful because he really needs that pitch. We all know that the fastball is really good and the the breaking ball as well, uh, but he needs to get better in, with, with that changeup. And to start doing that at Coors Field is going to be a tough a tough task. It really is. I'm really intrigued as well to see a bit like uh, Jesus Lazardo, where had struggles with the walks last last year in 21. You know, Eddie Cabrera equally had some troubles with with walks. I'm intrigued to see how aggressive he is. And like you said, if he can get those, you know, the, the changeup going, you know, it's a 94-mile-hour changeup. I mean, it's a Sandy Alcantara special, uh, you know, throwing gas with the change. If he can get that going, listen, anything five-plus for me, debut at the major league level, I think is, is a bonus here. And, um, you know, I'm really intrigued to see. I'm excited to see. I think we've been sleeping on Edward Cabrera as a fan base generally. It's, yeah. we've talked a lot about Max Meyer. We've got it hyped about Max. We're forget. We're not talking about Sixer because he's still rehabbing. We've forgotten of the other, the other race sitting there in the hole, ready to go. That, right. That, that might be even better than Max. And, and that's, you know, that, that's a lot to say because, um, Max is really good. We, we all know that that he's very good, but the one that has already pitched in the big leagues and that has a better, um, you know, pedigree than than Max is Edward Cabrera. So that's mm. gonna be um, that that's gonna be interesting to see, especially because he already had that experience last year, and that you know helps uh, because he he knows what it is to struggle in the big leagues, yeah. and. Obviously, he has to make those adjustments, and and I think that with his work ethic and how much he studies and how much he prepares, he's going to be ready to to turn turn it around. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I, I I'm expecting some big things from from Edwards, and yeah, like you said, that that short stint at 21 is going to stand him in good stead. 
he knows what he needs to work on. He's known all offseason what he needs to work on and what big league hitters can do. I, I think, you know, this should be, and I think this is going to be a sustained stint in the rotation. Clearly, obviously, Lazardo's still down. Uh, Elias are struggling as well. Cody Poteet gone down. I think Eddie, Eddie's here to stay now. You know, health, um, health, if, if health, you know, sticks around um, and he's okay. He's going to get a good go at this one, I think. So I think that's good for him. He knows he's coming into a, a, a kind of solid position, not kind of up and down, up and down. You know, wh- where am I going to be pitching next week? So, yeah, Daniel, I want, I want to go back as well. A couple of days to Pablo Lopez. You talked about, you know, having to change your approach. Pablo just went in with a game plan suited specifically to cause and boy, oh boy, he executed. He has been just, he's been sensational this year. We've always known it. If the health is there, Pablo Lopez is is a top of the rotation arm. Absolutely. Um, what have you made of Pablo's start? I know. Look, listen, Venezuelans. There's, uh, you know, it, it, you know, a proud Venezuelan yourself. So let's start at the top uh, with with the ace, Pablo, and what you've seen from 22 from him. Yeah, I, I think I, I can be prouder of what Pablo has done so far this year because we know that the talent is there, but unfortunately for him, um, you know, he, the shoulder issues have been killing him in the last three to four years that he has been here in the big league. So um, he really needed to change to change that. And I, I remember asking Pablo, I think it was the last game of 2021 or the day before I asked him, like, what do you need to do to get rid of those shoulder problems? And he told me, Danny, I don't know. I think I have to to work a little bit harder and and then get stronger in, in my shoulder. And that's exactly what he did in, in the offseason. Um, I know that he worked in his mechanics, you know, to find that point where he's not hurting his shoulder and at the same time make it in, m- making that effective so he can throw the fastball and the changeup at the same point and... and successful and that's and that's and that has been the key for for Pablo so far this year and I remember in spring we were all um worried about Pablo because his fastball wasn't that fast mm. and he really struggling and people were like oh maybe we need to get Trevor ahead of Pablo in the rotation I'm like hell no I mean he Pablo is the one that can get you to 180 190 200 innings you know being healthy of course Trevor can but he's one step behind I think um, and now he's and he's going to his sophomore year, and it's gonna be all different. Um, and then we saw why spring training is the way it is because it is to work on those those things, and that's exactly what Pablo did. So uh, I think he's only gonna get better, um, which is hard to say when you have a one point eighty something ERA, you know, under two. <laughs> Uh, but but he he's just gonna get better, and as long as he's healthy, man, um, everything is gonna be good for for Pablo because he's so smart, so intelligent, uh, and the way he studies. I mean, f- for us that we have the privilege to see his routine before games. Mm. When I get to the when 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 it's Pablo day and I'm at the ballpark and I get into a clubhouse, I I I'm already seeing Pablo, you know being lights out because he gets to the clubhouse always with the same, I think it's a, I think he likes it that way. Always with with the same uh, outfit the day he's pitching. It's he's wearing jeans with a black t-shirt. And then he goes, you know, to his, to his locker and starts studying on on whatever he has on, on on a notebook and then the iPad. And then he's like, okay, 
the guy is locked in, he's focused, mm-hmm. don't talk to him, don't bother him. And then you see him throwing six shutout innings with nine strikeouts. So that's that's really fascinating. Absolutely. I love it. I love the fact he's got a pitching outfit specifically where he just yeah, like, hey, that's every, the way to do it. I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's uh, it's just a coincidence, but every time I see him that he's pitching, he's always wearing the same thing. So it has to be that. There's no coincidences with Pablo Lopez because, listen, he is – maybe it's the kind of – I don't know, some uh, someone else um, – I can't recall who, but someone else has a similar kind of method where they don't want to have to make decisions – about what they're wearing. They just know, hey, I'm pitching today. I've got my I'm pitching outfit. I don't, yeah. don't have to worry about it. Don't I don't need the mental space about what I'm wearing to the ballpark. Anyway, we're going way off, off track here into uh, into fashion choices, which um, probably we shouldn't do. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> uh, I, there's a couple of, there's one specific follow-up on Pablo I want to get into. But before we do that, reminder, guys, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile at bluenile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So if you're thinking about engagement rings, engagement rings of her dreams, Blue Nile is a simple online tool that lets you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Bespoke diamond engagement ring sounds amazing. Make the moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And lockdown listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of 500 bucks or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Oh boy, bluenile.com. They sound I mean, I'm I'm glad I've already I've already popped the question. I'm glad I've done it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm I, I'm gonna ask that question. I don't know Uh-oh. if it's this year or maybe sooner, but um, I think I got to hold my my guys to Blue Nail. Yeah, I was going to say, listen, if you need it, use code Locked On. They got you covered. So. Of course, there you go. Right, listen, one final one on Pablo. I've been thinking about this. You, you kind of alluded to it. The offense has not been on fire this year, and the Marlins are, are drifting away. The season, you know, is it's not started the way they wanted. Uh, a lot of teams are in the mix. There's that extra wild card space too that kind of creates opportunities. How many teams are going to be calling on Pablo Lopez ahead uh, of the deadline, do you think? And do the Marlins entertain those discussions right now based on where they're at? About 29. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, I mean, every every team should ask for Pablo. Um, and yeah. the Marlins should listen to to every single offer of, you know, for Pablo. However, I don't know if he's... People say this is the right year to... You know, this is the the right moment to trade Pablo. Why? Why would you want to trade a guy that is giving you that uh, amount of quality innings and giving you the possibility to win every single day that he goes out and and, and pitch? I mean, I I don't, I don't think I I don't like I don't like and I don't want to get back on that um, notion of trading every single 
piece that is within one year or two years of arbitration and start rebuilding again. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, if to get those significant bats that are going to help you to win in 2023, then go ahead and do it. But I think that the Marlins are going to win with Pablo in the rotation. I know that they have the pitching depth in the minors with Max, with Edward, with um, uh, Jake Heater, Daxton Fulton, whoever you want to, you, whoever you want to throw in that mix. But you yeah. need the guys that can assure you 180, 90, 200 innings. And Pablo, yeah, you have the if, you know, if if he's healthy. But right now he's proven that he's healthy, and hopefully. You know, knocking, knocking on wood, he's gonna stay like that the whole year. So you need that those type of pitchers. You need the guys like Sandy. You need the guys like Pablo. Uh, you need Trevor to take that next step that he and he can become that type of pitcher that can give you se- six or seven innings every night. Uh, so I, I I don't see why they should trade Pablo now. I think that they have the pieces in the minor leagues to go and maybe get a, a another another bat. They have the money to go and spend in in the in the free agency, and next year there there will be uh, many good free agents as well. Uh, we need Mr. Sherman to, um, you know, you know, we need more action and, and less words than oh yeah, we have money, we're gonna spend it. Uh, Thirty six millions in Jorge Soler, that's not spending, my guy. That's uh, you know, yeah, ba- barely trying. So they 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 need more. I'm with you. I- I completely agree with both of those core topics that you've you've touched on there. Pablo, flat no for me. Um, you know, build around Pablo. I, I, it's rather than the 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 kind of trade talks. Right now, it's the extension I don't, I don't, talks. I don't know if if there's um if there's a better one to come in the big leagues right now than Pablo and Sandy. Is there, there any? Is there any? I mean, as if look at the numbers and and you have them there. How sustainable it is? I don't know. But right now you have it, and you and you gotta trust it. Um, and, yeah. and and think once again, you you are winning with Pablo, not without him. Completely agree. Let's stay Venezuelan. Let's stay in oh, the pitching one, side. One thing. One thing. Yeah, I know. I know, I know you're gonna ask me for it. But uh, the one request I have, and I and I tell this to Kim every time I see her. Uh, I don't know if Kim is watching this. Uh, she usually maybe does. Or uh, burner account, but let Pablo pitch in the World Baseball Classic next year. Thank you. There you go. You heard it first. You, you heard it here first. Uh, I'm expecting uh, Kim's burner to be lightening up and say, "Of course, that is happening." Sure. So yeah. for sure, and we we know we know she's got a burner. It may just be at Marlins. Uh, you know, it could yeah, just be sure. that. 100. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Let's stay into the the pitching side, but and and Venezuelan. Talk to me about Eliezer Hernandez here because it's fair to say. It's been a struggle for him. It's just been the long ball fundamentally. Just too many, too many home runs given up this year. But you know, there's a couple of guys down at the moment. How are the Marlins going to play this with Eliezer? Is it just kind of let him work it out at the majors, or do they go a different direction at this point? Well, right now they're they're letting it work, and and right now they need Eliezer to to pitch because of all the, the uh, health issues that they have with Bulsardo and, and Cody Poti, right? Um, but at some point, I I would expect Eliezer to uh, go. To, to the bullpen whenever they decide to go with Edward Cabrera and or, and, or Max Meyer, right? Uh, they're gonna need they're they're gonna have one of one of those two um, in the mix. 
the thing with, with Eliezer so far, as you mentioned, is the long ball. That That's the problem for him. It's not the walks. It's not that he's getting uh, drilled every time that he goes goes and pitch. The thing for him no. is the run. And, and that tells you that there's something with the location, with the execution, uh, and with the stuff that he has. He's, he doesn't have, you know, Sandy or Pablo or Trevor uh, stuff. But he can be pretty, pretty effective. And we see him when he goes and pitches three shutout innings and then you're like okay he's back and then he has a problem when he's facing the the lineup for the second or third time so the marlins they 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 need to find a way to get eliezer only through three four five innings maybe that's just as a as a long reliever maybe you want to go like the race too with an opener and let eliezer pitch one or two innings and then have Whoever you want behind him, uh, because I I really think that he can he can still be pretty effective in the big big leagues, and he has shown that. Uh, the problem is the way he started right now, um, you know, this season, and and that's a problem. Problem, especially if if you want to win and you want to win now, you cannot let games, you know, uh, slip, you know, just just like this, because you're not going to win a division in May or June, but you may start losing it. And same with a with a wild card spot, and and seeing what's happening around the league. Uh, in the central and in the west, so um, yes, they they need to do something with Eliezer uh, sooner rather than later. But and and not and and not pe- people might say, yeah, you're biased because you're Venezuelan. No, but I I really saw everything that he did in the off season, um, how hard he worked, and not only physically but mentally as well, and and on the pitching side to get better. Um, this year, I think he, he worked out harder than any other year of his life. And that's exactly what he said. He changed his routine. Maybe for some pitchers, when they are uh, after that one offseason that they went all out, then they learn how to, you know, uh, be more, okay, I'm not going to give everything right uh, here, you know, in December. And, and you know, maybe the, the workload is going to be uh, a little bit lower for, for the next offseason. And that's going to let, uh, you know, for, for him, he's going to find a way to get more effective on, on the pitching side because he's going to mm-hmm. uh, work a little bit lighter. That might help him. I don't know. Um, but I know that he worked really hard and, and he did everything he possibly could to to get better this year. So that's why I, I really trust him because uh, I saw that, you know, with my own eyes. So uh, there you go. I, that's that's the one thing with Willis. It's really frustrating because the results are not there. Uh, but I know that he worked really hard to to be really effective. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a really great insight that we know Eliezer is busting his ass to be better. Here's the other tick as well. He's been healthy for a sustained period. There was another, you know, there's been the historical problems. Yeah. And it was all freak injuries, if you remember. There was base running going on last year and, you know, all sorts. The blis- so, and the blisters, yeah. And the blisters. So he's been healthy. He's working. Just too many home runs. And so it's just, you know, and I trust Mel. I trust Mel to be, and, and with Eliezer's mentality, work ethic, They'll get it right, and they need him to get it right. That's the we can't get away from it. There were some discussions at the point when Max was on fire. Yeah. Do you do you bring Max up? Do you, do you I, make that switch? I I, I do, um, but I don't know if right now because yeah, Max had the the elbow injury, the nerve injury, mm-hmm. and when you see Max starts in AAA and AA as well last year, they were really good. 
but the big leagues are a different animal and a different world where hitters make adjustments. During the at-bat, not from one at-bat to the other. During the at-bat, they make the adjustments. And they need Max Meyer to be, you know, to pitch more than five innings. And he averaged five, he barely averaged five five innings last year. Um, and they need him to to be more than a two-pitch guy. Because yeah. he has a fastball, he has a slider. The slider is the nastiest one I've seen since Jose Fernandez. But the changeup, he needs. He really needs to work on that. It's getting better this year, but it's still a, a average pitch right in, right now in the big leagues. And we know yeah. that every hitter is sitting on the changeup. So um, he needs. He really needs to to work on that. I get the point that he's really good and he needs. And he. The only way you can get big league experience is by pitching in the big leagues. But at the same time, I get the point when the when the Marlins say, "Hey, you know what? We need to be careful with this guy because this is not this is not like when they had Braxton Garrett or uh, Justin Nicolino. It's it's not a regular pitching prospect. This guy is your best pitching prospect and someone that you need to rely on for the next." Uh, for the rest of his career, if you if you want, uh, yeah. and you need to be very very careful with with Max and and the way you you treat him. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I want to flick over to the the offensive side of the of the team right now. We're going to continue the Venezuelan theme, but before we do that, reminder, guys, this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, and our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Danny, it's time to flick over to the offense, and we need to understand when the season is going to properly start for Avisel Garcia, because <laughs> it has been a real struggle. Listen, uh, if, if I know one person that will be relatively close to the situation, try and understand what's going on. Wh- where's your head at with this one? How can we explain just such a slow kind of, you know, and it's just, you know, I'm watching on the TV. It, it hasn't looked good. It's yeah. been the same over and over in terms of a lot of grounders to third, but what's, where's Avi's head at with this one? Uh, I, I know that he's frustrated, and he has been basically frustrated all year long um, since since the since the year started. And, and in April, we were like, "Well, yeah, it's early in the season; uh, he's gonna figure it out." Then we got to May, and he was crushing the ball, but being unlucky. And mm. and we, especially, that, you remember that game in Arizona, uh, also. You know, he thought, he thought it was a no doubter, didn't he? In Arizona, he was he was gone. <laughs> and it was the same the same pitch, same location, same exit velo, same launch angle, same direction of Jorge Soler's homer, one or two hitters before Avi, and then one was a homer, a no doubter, and the next one was a single. Uh, something that you can't explain, right? Just as you maybe cannot explain what's happening with with Avisail. Uh, I know that that he has been. Again, working very hard. At one point, he was like, okay, is it something that I'm doing in my mechanics, in my swing? Then he was hitting the ball well. So he's like, okay, there's nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm hitting, I'm hitting the ball well. 
hits are going to fall at some point. Uh, and then he went back to April Abyssal, where he, when he was not hitting the ball well uh, or not hitting the ball at all. And, and maybe it's something with the, with, with the approach um, and that that frustration can lead to, to do things that you're not supposed to. I don't know if, if that's the case with, with Abyssal. Um, I've talked to him about it, and, and and I know he wants he wants to contribute. He wants to contribute. More, I mean, more than anybody else. Uh, he's playing at home because he lives here. He he has always enjoyed playing in Miami and against the Marlins. And and we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and he told me then in twenty nine in twenty nineteen I thought and I could have swore that I was gonna end up here in twenty twenty, um, but but it didn't happen. Of course the situation for the Marlins was different. They were, they were, they, they were in that um, type of, you know, rebuild mentality. Yeah. Um, although they, that year they ended up playing in the, in the playoffs, but it, it was completely different, but Abyssal wanted to play here because he lives here and, and he, and he knows that uh, the team needs him. The team needs Soler and Abyssal and, and Aggie and Coop, you know, the big guys to, to respond and to play the, the way they're supposed to. Um, they they know that they are capable of doing it. Um, Soler had a 48 homer season in 2019. Abisail, he's a former All Star and he hit 29 last year. And uh, and Nagy, former All Star as well, last year almost drove in 100. Um, Coop, you know, we, we know that when he's healthy, he can be a 25, 30 homer guy. Uh, but they need to 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 get it together and and you know maybe change something. I don't know if it's mental uh, or what, but, but they, they need to, they, they certainly need to get better uh, if they want to win. And, and, and I know that they're starting to feel that, that pressure uh, right now. Yeah. To be expected. I mean, the offense in general hasn't been great. And, you know, those guys at the top of the order, you know, they just, they've been below where their expectations I think was set. And so you can understand the frustration, uh, Jesus Aguilar, though, he's on his final year of his deal, I guess. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of looking like Aggie's kind of back. I think he's the hits leader for the Marlins this year. Um, mm-hmm. Splitting time between first base, DH. Um, you know, it's kind of vintage Aggie. The one question, though, really, is if the Marlins do fall away with this one, this this season is, you know, is Aggie moved? It's It kind of feels like the most likely situation um, if they, you know, with Lewin sitting there, you know, in, in AAA and looks ready, they need to really have a look at Lewin just to see what they've got, I think. And so, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see the way they play this with, with, with Aggie, but he's been a real, he's been a, he's been a really solid Marlin and a solid hitter. He continues to be. And so I'm intrigued. Where's, where's Aggie's head at now this year, kind of entering this kind of, you know, potential situation. He knows that he's playing for the Marlins, but also showcasing for the the other twenty nine teams in, in the big leagues. I mean, um, every, every single player, I, I think they they think that way. Um, mm. Last year, many teams called for Aggie, but they told him days before the trade deadline, "You're not going anywhere." Uh, mm. In fact, they offered him an extension, but it wasn't nowhere near close to to the amount that, that he wanted. <laughs> Yeah. Um, surprise, I, I think, surprise. Yeah, I, I think uh, Craig reported this um, in, a, in a column last year, um, but he didn't reveal the terms. But it was he, 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 last year he was making 4.3 million, I think it was. 
So they offered that same amount for 2022 and 2023. So a total of 8.6 for the next two years, and this only this year he's making 7.3. So there, there was no way he was signing that contract. No um, way. And and this year was interesting because they almost went to arbitration for the second time. Remember that they, they already went in in 2020, mm-hmm. um, and Aggie won that arbitration case. He was probably going to win this one, um, but they figured a way to to get an agreement, reach to an agreement before heading to, to, to the Arab. And, and I think that's pretty good. Um, but you mentioned something that it's really, really important, Pete. You mentioned the word leader, leader. And we know that the captain and the leader is Migi. But really, one of the biggest leaders, if not the biggest leader in the Marlins clubhouse is Jesus Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something... It's not, it's not that I talk to the players and ask about that because you don't ask that type of question, but with everything I've seen in the last three years since COVID year, is Aggie being the leader of this organization? And, and I think that's why they like him so much inside, inside the club, inside the clubhouse yeah. and inside the organization. Uh, I know that he's had conversations with executives about the state of the team and what needs to change and whatnot. Um, but I, 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 it's going to be a, an interesting situation because many things might might call the Marlins again again in July to ask for for him, knowing that he's on the last year of his contract uh, and that they have depth in in that position with Coop and and Lewin Diaz. Maybe Lewin is a trade candidate as well. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean things are going to get interesting with with Jesus in in a couple in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they absolutely will. Uh, we're running real long, which is uh, typical for me. Uh, it's nothing to yeah, do with Danny. Well. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Remember, uh, last year, the, the 100th episode of um, your, your podcast, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, Danny, this is a 10-minute thing, and we ended up talking for like 35 minutes. A standard. Standard for us. Yeah. The boys, we get on a groove, so, you know, for sure. But <laughs> um, one, one final one. It's you talking about arbitration, and I forgot to ask you about this, and you may not know the answer to it, and so it's dangerous for me to ask this question. But um, yeah. I was very intrigued because a wrinkle to this year is the fact that arbitration was happening, what, a month, six weeks into the season. It's quite a unique mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the Marlins and Pablo Lopez ended up going to arbitration. The Marlins won that case. I, was, I asked Joe Vasara, we were talking about it last week, about whether it would impact him or not. I just wondered if you had anything that you were able to share around maybe, or even if you know this, around how Pablo felt about that whole situation. Um, maybe it doesn't bother him and he's just he's just carrying on. But He's, he's a very classy guy. And when, when I asked about this, he said, well, it was an experience. And that's it. That's everything he <laughs> told me. So, so that's, that's everything I can say so far. And um, I, I, I can tell you this because I, I've talked to other players about the arbitration and mm. maybe all, all of them agree agree on it um but not everyone will tell you um but it really hurts the the relationship with, with the team because mm. pablo i mean in his case he didn't go to i mean directly to uh the arbitra- to the arb case um but the thing is that when when a player goes there and he listens to the to his own team telling him what you're doing wrong and whatnot, you are like, then why are you signing me or why why do you want me? You know, and, and your team like, what the hell? Exactly. Is going on? 
if I'm this bad, why? I'm release me. Release me. Like, just release me. That's it. Um, but I know um, that, uh, you know, they, they then, then they go and, and find a way to, to you know, get better, um, get a better relationship. But, it, but I, I can tell you that it hurts. For some players, uh, remember talking to one of them, he told me it, it is a cruel moment. It's a very yeah. cruel moment. Um, and, and you, feel, you feel so small sometimes. Uh, obviously, you have something, you know, on your side and on your case that makes you think, okay, you are wrong. I'm right with this. Uh, and these numbers and these stats and everything that I've done, it's, it's proving it. But, uh, you know, it's, it, could be, it could be hard sometimes. I remember, well, I think it was 10 minutes ago, got into the arbitration room with these two Sayonara awards, one on each hand. Like, okay, let's talk now. But, you know, but, uh, well played. But yeah, that, that, can, that, that can happen, and, and, it's, and it's very cool. The, the thing is that Pablo is such a classy man, and, and he understands everything that's happening around him. So uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. Like you said, Pablo, the classiest dude, the nicest dude for sure. And so yeah, it doesn't shock me. But equally, I was intrigued that it got to that stage at this point of the year because of the way the, you know, with the, the CBA, the, you know, the lockout, the CBA, the, the kind of push back the arbitration process. The fact that Pablo at that point, they can't take this into account, but he was at the point, you know, the ERA leader in, in Major League Baseball, a Cy Young candidate. Of course, the way things work, they can't take any of that into account. And um, yeah. just a wild situation uh, for, to be happening. But yeah, I, it doesn't shock me that uh, Pablo just played it cool. It was an experience and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and on that, this has been an experience as always, a, a brilliant one, no doubt. Daniel Alvarez uh, on Locked on Marlins uh, for the second time since I've hosted. We actually talked baseball. The last time we spoke, we just talked last about time F1. We spoke F1. Yeah. <laughs> We did, and a lot's changed in the F1 world since too. So it's uh, it's been overdue this conversation, um, Danny. For those that aren't watching this show and don't have the graphics to help them, uh, a lot still listen on the pod. Remind everyone where they can get you on Twitter, all of the other outlets that you're working with. Pump up all of the content that you're pumping out there with with Alex Trabasso, please. Thank you, man. Uh, at Daniel Alvarez, EE and EE stands for Alex Trabasso. Uh, which is my my outlet, my my own project that I started four years ago. Uh, everything about baseball and Latino baseball, uh, you can you can find it in in Alexa Bases, as we mentioned earlier. Um, we're so excited, so happy, pumped for the WBC. So uh, that's going to be our tournament. But right now, follow us, you know, to get everything about Major League Baseball coverage. Um, All Star Game in July, then postseason, everything. So. Uh, thank you, Pete, for for having me, and always, you know, giving me the opportunity to to talk about my my own projects here. Absolutely. Well, that is us done. Wednesday's episode in the books. Myself, Peter Pratt, also Daniel Alvarez, we're signing out, and there's a double header, and it's a UK friendly one, so no doubt we'll all be engaging on Twitter later on, enjoying hopefully two Marlins wins. I'll be back tomorrow previewing. The Giants series, so it comes thick and fast for the Marlins now. Two games against the Rockies, straight back home, and a four-game series against the Giants. So I'll be back tomorrow with uh, the preview with one of the UK guys uh, that covers and follows the Giants. So stay tuned for that one, guys. In the meantime, enjoy the doubleheader tonight. Back tomorrow. <laughs>